Welcome to Brand Appeal, where we talk about brand storytelling in the digital age. I'm your host, Shannon Peel, and today I talked with Ken Wimberly about family stories and how to preserve those stories, both for your children and grandchildren. The desire to preserve his children's stories as they grew up and be able to gift them to them upon their graduation resulted in him creating an app which helps everyone who wants to preserve their family stories for future generations. Family stories are extremely important, and if, like me, you wish that you had no more stories about your parents, grandparents, and their parents, keep listening to find out how you can preserve your stories for future generations. Thank you very much for joining me here on Brand Appeal, and I got one question for you. What is it that you want to be known for? I want to be known as a great connector that makes people feel good when I leave the room. That's a great thing to be known for because, you know, those people who are able to connect people together are valuable for any business owner to know as well. It is a skill that some people have and others just struggle with. It's become what I think of as I I remember a bunch of years ago going through an exercise with my children at a family mastermind and in my wife and you're supposed to identify what your superpower is. And I really had no idea. I'm like, I don't know, do I really have any superpowers? And what I've come to learn since that time is my superpower is being a connector. I love it. It brings me energy. It fulfills me. Even if there's nothing in it for me, nothing for me to get out of it other than I knew this about Shannon and this about Joe. And I was like, you guys need to meet, right? Because there is magic that can come out of this introduction right there. That's what I love to do. And again, if I can be known for that and known that when I leave the room, I leave people feeling energized and fulfilled, then that's a good thing. If you're at the book tipping point, they're just so important for any brand that's trying to get traction. That's for sure. Brands need to facilitate those connections with connectors, but they also need to foster them, build the connection and grow it in order to be of value to the connector as well. Mm -hmm. We were talking last time about your app. Now, it's not really a brand story that you help people do, but it is an important story. So can you share with the listeners the story that you create for people? Yeah, in some ways, it's the most important brand you have right there. It's the brand of your family. So we created uh, the Legacy Journal mobile app, and it's to help parents to, or other people to document and share the journeys they take together as, as parents, as grandparents, as children, and the kind of just the journey through life that we go together. And look, what we've kind of learned is that the moments that we share together are the really the most poignant things that that we have to take away. And what I learned over time is that a lot of those moments that I thought that I might remember forever because they seem so impactful in the moment, if you will, or or that something seems so funny in the moment. It's like, I'm going to remember this forever. Weeks later, hours later, sometimes I've I've forgotten about, uh, I thought I would never forget. In my own personal journey, I started writing things down. I started writing the story of my children down early on in their life and documented their lives. And um, not all the time. I wouldn't write everything down. I still don't today. I maybe once every few weeks, we'll go write down and jot down a quick story. I've got notes right here on what I need to write down. Uh, it's a couple of stories I need to write. We just had spring break. 
with my kids and I need to write a little note about, you know, what, what did we do on that spring break? And my son, my older son, he just committed. We put our deposit down for um, Auburn. So he's going to be going to Auburn in the fall where his sister is. And so I need to write a little story in his journal about the, the commitment to Auburn and what that meant and the journey we went through, little things like that. So I've been documenting those journeys with my children for many, many years. And I had done that in a variety of ways in Word document, in Evernote, in OneNote, in the notes on my phone as kind of time went on. And I wanted to gift all of those stories to my children as they went away to graduate high school, went to college. And so I needed a, a place, a digital home for them to all live where it could be safe, secure, organized. I couldn't find it. It just didn't exist the way I would want things to exist and how I wanted it to happen with the features I would love for it to happen. And so we ended up creating that about two and a half, three years ago, created the Legacy Journal mobile app. And so now it's it's out for, for iPhone, for Android. It's out for the world to use. We've got thousands of, of people from, I think, 80 different countries now wow. around the world. Yeah. It's really cool. People and pouring in from different places around the world that are, are actively using the app. So it's really, really, really neat story. And I hear from folks that, that use the app all the time about what it means to them and the impact that it's making for their family. Uh, someone shared with me last week, which was really poignant. He said, Ken, this is like a life insurance policy. I said, what do you mean? He said, every entry that I make into this journal is one more story of love, story of my commitment, and story of my involvement with family that will be with them forever one day when I'm gone. It's like, wow, that's that's pretty powerful. We created it to be super simple, super easy, uh, because I know for a lot of us, we feel the burden of, oh, that sounds like a great idea, but it's so much work. We've made it to be in your phone all the time, either in your pocket or an iPad, pull up your phone, Grab a picture of something that happened this week and write a line or two about why that made you laugh or why that made you smile, how proud you are of your children or grandchildren, and you're in and out in five minutes. So that's what we created. You lose those stories. You really do, especially with people having kids older. You know, my grandmother was 39 when she had my dad. And even though my dad was only 21 when I was born, I was only 19 yeah. when she passed. I didn't get to know her as an adult. I didn't get to know her as a person. And she was unique in that, you know, she was born in 1912, mm. but she was a journalist. She was a model. She was a business owner. She was an artist. Her and my grandfather both grew up in the town that I was raised in. And my father still lives in. And there's a lot of stories growing up there that are gone. My parents still live in the house that my grandfather was brought up in. Wow. We still are out at the cabin where my grandmother was brought up. All those stories that we could have had are almost, are gone. Now, when we do find stories, it's very special. You, one time we got a letter that my great-grandfather had written family members back in Medina, New York, about him buying the cabin, how much the land cost, how much it cost to build the cabin, how much it cost to furnish the cabin. All, all the details and why he bought it. Oh, what gold that's got to be right there in that letter. That's amazing that you all yeah. found that. That's awesome. But now that one letter is with my aunt, yeah. who we don't see very often. It's in a box somewhere. I can't access it whenever I want to access it. During COVID, I started doing the genealogy thing just to check. 
Sure. And thankfully, somebody somewhere for the fam- my grandmother's side of the family had already gone and done a lot of the work. So I was able to go back like hundreds and hundreds of years. Great. Their names, their locations, their dates. But who are these people? Yeah, that's the interesting thing. So we have quite a few folks that have been really active users of the app that are deep into genealogy, into the Mormon faith. Um, I've, I've talked to a number of these folks and they kind of said the same things like, hey, you can go back and research, you know, a little bit about some of it. What we're doing right now is telling our story. You know, we're, we're taking the time to tell our story. And uh, one particular gentleman, he's a grandfather and he writes almost every day in his journal. And I'm like, what are you writing about? What are you doing? He's just like, because I'm just telling about my friendships, telling about the things that I wanted to learn when I was little, the things that I've learned in my life, some lessons. I'm just kind of telling my own story and passing it down and write down yeah, a couple paragraphs a day. It's like, mm-hmm. what writes down? I thought that's amazing. For some, that seems like a, a whole lot of work. So I you know, tell folks like that, that do the easy thing. Like if you have little kids like I do right now, uh, well, I say I do. I've got a 19 and 18 and a, and a six-year-old. But for our six-year-old who comes home from kindergarten with lots of artwork and things and projects he works on, there's parent guilt for getting rid of that stuff. I just take a quick picture of it and I upload it into his journal and I write about, you know, the awesome progress he's making and the great things his teachers say and his friends say about him. And then it's safe forever. It's safe forever. And then one day he can look back and see that and go, wow, that's, uh, but I had no idea I ever made that or that it made that kind of impression on my parents. So. Well, there's a lot of self-esteem in that yeah. and knowing that you're loved because a lot of times parents say and do things and life gets in the way and kids are trying to interpret what their parents feel for them. And a lot of times we interpret wrong. When you've got those stories that they can actually access when they need to, it can help them remember, oh, you know what? I am loved. I was loved. I will always be loved. And that's important. Well, when my other grandmother died, she just passed away a couple of years ago. Thankfully, she had left a story about her life, which was special that we were able to share during the day of- How did she leave the story? She typed it out. Yeah, my mom passed almost exactly a year ago. And in going through all of mom's you know, belongings and so in her state, going through everything, one of the most wonderful things I came across were three letters written to my mother from my uncle, who's still living, um, but about their parents who have long passed. Mm-hmm. And it was just magic to get those words and learn stories about my grandparents that I didn't know. And, you know, about my grandmother supporting my grandfather as he was trying to get his first business kind of launched and off the ground and the role that she played. We, we, we knew of my grandfather as the kind of entrepreneur that started this business, but didn't know the role that, that Nanny had played in, in that endeavor. So it was really neat to be able to read those words. And frankly, from, from all of mom's belongings, you look at, okay, you can leave money and real estate and belongings and jewelry. You leave all these things, but the most valuable things I believe that you can leave are, are the stories. Number one is the love behind you've left that love. And they're the stories that people can kind of go back to, to have forever and ever. So it's super powerful. Well, as you talk about that, and I think, um, reflect on, values, family values. I talk a lot about values because it's the first thing I ask my clients to dive into and define, but not only define, but where does you get, where do you get that value from? And a lot of times people aren't sure because a lot of our values are intergenerational. 
they come from our parents and they who got them from their parents and so forth and so on. And the more that you can understand that, the more that you, of a story you have to tell about who you are and why you are the way you are, the more you can find your purpose in life. Yeah, yeah, 100% there. Where we start life is decided by the choices our parents and grandparents make. So whether or not you're gonna be born in such and such a time at such and such a place, has everything to do with the people that came before you. I think about, well, why did they leave uh, Britain and Ireland and Scotland and Wales? Like, what were the reasons? I, we, I mean, I do know why they left Transylvania. Some of them came from Ontario. It's like, why did you feel the need to leave the family business to go start a business across Canada? at a time when communication and travel wasn't what it is today. It could take you down a rabbit hole to kind of think and try to interpret or guess why that happened to, well, just like getting, you know, the one letter you got that kind of explained a lot of the why and the cost and the things behind right there, how, how, how neat that is when you're, you're able to come across those details. Mm -hmm. My mom shared a picture of my grandfather with his partners in front of their store. Then there was the picture of my other grandfather in front of his garage. And it's like, oh, well, you know, entrepreneurship has been in the family for a long time. Trying to put all those pieces together mm -hmm. helps you figure out who you are. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's, you know, I hope that what we're doing, what the folks that are, 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 are doing as they're using this kind of process are creating exactly those kind of stories that will be, I think, treasured for many generations to come. Mm -hmm. Be able to kind of read through and understand a little of the why behind who they are and what they're like. Look at some of the big and the little details of their lives. Well, if you go to a history class, we learn about Victorian England or something. We learn about the nobility, really, because that's whose stories were, shared, were kept. And the stories of just the regular people where we came from, Thankfully, there's diaries. When you can find the stories that were in those diaries, that gives you a whole new perspective of what yeah. life was like at that time. And sure. Stephen Fry, Action from Britain, he has this podcast where he talks about the secrets of Victorian England and the secrets of Edwardian England. It's amazing what the lessons that we think of that time and what really was happening at that time for people who would have been like us. Yeah. You'd lose those stories, though, without those diaries, without those journals. Now, I have lost lots of years of my kid's life. My computer crashed, and of course, I hadn't backed anything up. But now we have the cloud. How important is that to the keeping of these stories? Like, you're putting all this effort into these stories. You know, how secure are they? Yeah, I think having the cloud is super important. So, our, our platform was on top of AWS, so on top of Amazon Web Servers, which has redundant backup processes in place to ensure that we don't lose things. I had the same thing happen. Daughter was just one year old. I lost 400 pictures in a computer crash because it was all just stored locally. It was awful. Uh, I was able to recover them, but it cost me fifteen hundred dollars to go recover. Oh, see, them. I wasn't I wasn't paying any money to recover. <laughs> but if I lost the stories and other things, there it's just awful because those are you pouring your mental energy and your your mind, your memories into this, and to have those gone would just be terrible. 
it's uh, kind of important to just take care of that stuff. I mean, I know a lot of people, they worry about the cybersecurity. Yeah. If someone has a cybersecurity concern, what well, would you Well, ours, number one, we're the anti kind of social media, whereas this is super private in that we don't share the data with anyone else. We don't share it with third parties. We There's not even a public feed that we have in here. It's literally your app is your information right there. Now you can print to PDF. You can your own redundancy backup. You could print everything you have into a PDF. You could export everything into a standalone HTML file and kind of you put that on a USB drive if you wanted. Or So then it's totally off the grid right there. You kind of go do something like that if you wanted. So there's a variety of things that you can do to protect your data. But I think you know, data protection and data privacy is, is a paramount thing and super important for us. I think about all the stories that I'm my kids because I used to sit there and journal and write it out in yeah. their journal. And I've got conversations that my son had with himself because he would be sitting there and the kid loved to talk. He was gifted talker before he was two. Um, but he would sit there and he would have conversations with himself. And I would sit there and I would just write what he wrote, what he said. And I know that those journals are somewhere in a box in my parents' closet. Mm. And we came close to being on, you know, the forest fires. Yes. In BC, we had wildfires. I've got a picture of the house, but total red from, from the sky being red. There was the fires. And, you know, you can only pack up so much stuff yeah. into the trailer to leave. Mom had a few things, but I would have had to go through all the boxes that I'm stored at their house. And there just wasn't enough time to do that, to go through. I mean, I was able to find a couple of things in some of the boxes so easy to lose this stuff whether you only save it privately on your on your one computer and don't put it up in the cloud or you put it in a box in a closet or and then the other thing is, is it's so hard for me to share it with the kids yeah yeah there's there's power to pen to paper journaling there is true there's actually documented evidence in, in the power of pen to paper journaling and uh and i love it but just to your point that's um whether it could get lost from being misplaced, like perhaps is where you are right now, from you just don't know where it is or whether it's lost from just, yeah, fire, okay. tornado. There, there were tornadoes in Texas yesterday. So there's some little catastrophic events right there where some you know, homes were destroyed. And so whether it's through something like that, um, that's always a, a bit of a risk. And I don't think that's ever a reason not to do something like that. One of the benefits of digital journaling and doing it that way is not that that's without risk too, to your point, to to cybercrime, to God, there's all kinds of stuff that I'm probably not even aware of that could happen, even with it being on an Amazon or a Google or a Facebook or whatever type of platform right there. There's That should never be an excuse or a reason not to get started and not to do something on either side, whether it's pen to paper or digital, to actual spend a few minutes and, and just take the time to write down your memories right there so they don't just fade. When your kids become parents, that's when they're going to want those stories. Even like in their early 20s, it's like, oh, yeah, OK, this is kind of cool. But really, they're not far enough removed from it yet. 100%. You know, so like when my kids were born and started having kids, that's when I started looking back and saying, OK, so when did I walk? When did I do this? And we're looking at our baby books and you're comparing yours yeah. and your your spouses, seeing how your kids are like you, how they're different. I had that book, What to Expect Your First Year. Oh, yeah. And with every book. milestone, I would put the age of my son, that my son was. Yeah. And write, I wrote in the book itself, which I'm hoping is one, one of those boxes. 
I don't think I did that with my daughter. Well, so what's interesting now that I've been doing, so we've got, again, I've got a, a 19, 18 and a, and a six-year-old. So with a six-year-old, he's, you know, he's having all these first and, and the older kids were such a gap between them. I couldn't remember. I was like, I don't know how old they were when they lost their first tooth or they lost their. And so I've been able to kind of dig through the old stories and journals and, and find that. And it was interesting because little guy, he's six, he's already lost like five teeth. And I think uh, with my older son, he didn't lose his first tooth until he was six. It's just interesting to look back and see those little differences like that. Yeah, because even though we shouldn't compare or whatnot, we always want to compare. We want to know how we're like our parents and how we're not like our parents and how our kids are like us. Because like one thing my, with my son is, you know, I was looking at these pictures of him as a 20 year old and the way he was dressing and I, or I sent it to my mom and I said, look at this, your grandson dresses like your dad and they've never <laughs> met. <laughs> I was pregnant with my son when my grandfather died and yet they dress like, I mean, exactly a lot. That's pretty fascinating. Yeah, time time has a way of bringing things back around sometimes. Yeah, yeah. it, it was <laughs> like, wow, there's something to this DNA thing. <laughs> yeah, I was in a text thread with some people, a, a dad's group. He was talking about an older son that he didn't meet until his son was 15. He just didn't even know he had the son. He met him um, when he was 15. For him, he was having a big philosophical internal debate on nature versus nurture there. Cause he's like, my son is just like me. So I had nothing to do with him. And he's just like me. And whereas I've got my other kids over here that I've raised and they're like me, but I raised them. Basically he was kind of debating himself. Does my influence have any meaning at all? If nature had him just like this versus me. So it, it, it is an interesting thought to go down that rabbit hole. Right yeah. Here. That is an interesting thought. Why did you create a business around family stories? This was created to solve my problem. I mean, that was ultimately it. And, and I invested the money into this. I, I self-funded this to develop it initially and get it off the ground. And, and I did it solely to solve my problem and the handful of other people that had been reaching out to me over the years. Long, 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 long before I ever thought about creating a, a product or out of this. I was just sharing my process of the fact that I was capturing memories for my kids and writing those down. Dozens of other parents over the years started doing that as well. And it was really neat because they would text me pictures of their own journal. Some were doing it uh, like physically and some were doing it digitally. And But people would share with me how impactful it was to them in their lives just to be doing this, to be slowing down and writing down the stories and how internally good it made them feel. And there's a lot of those people over the years that started asking me, hey, will you create something to make this a little easier? It's not super easy. At the end of the day, I created it for me and that handful of people right there to make something you know, easy. And, and now it's you know, started to grow and take off to where, again, there's tens of thousands of people using it from 80 different countries right now. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, one of the things, one of the services I have, and there is a free course on my site for it to start the process, asking the questions to help people write their stories. Mm -hmm. further into what happened, why did it happen? What did you learn from it? And a lot of it is to heal. Like if you've gone through a traumatic time, let's use journaling to help you heal and find your purpose in life and, and move forward. By sharing your stories, you're helping others to find the strength to keep going forward. Mm-hmm. What kind of struggles did you have trying to get this off the ground? 
Oh, we still have struggles trying to get it off the ground. It's, well, I mean, look, the initial struggle was I'm not uh, a coder. I'm not a programmer myself. So the initial struggle was finding, you know, a tech team to help me build this and, and to get it done. And so we we did that in version one, didn't know where to look, what to do. And so that, that was my initial struggle was just getting through that. And then we had it built and I released it. You know, we got to quickly a thousand users of the app, you know, within the first like nine months of release. So that was exciting for us to get there. And, but it was clunky. It had all kinds of issues. Like I didn't have the right tech team and I didn't know how to oversee a tech team. So we ended up having to fire them and hire another one and in essence, rebuild the whole product. And those were, you know, my initial struggles with that. Then it kind of led into just, you know, marketing and getting the word out struggles of something that honestly I thought is such a great idea. It's such a kind of great concept and product that we've got that as soon as we just tell people about it, it's magically going to spread like wildfire and, and there's millions of users overnight. And that is not how reality shows up and works. So yeah, the next struggle has been to go from hundreds to thousands to tens of thousands and then hundreds of thousands and ultimately to millions and get there. Mm -hmm. So right now the the struggle is a scaling issue in, in getting it up there. That's why I'm all kinds of podcasts and telling our story and just uh, talking to people about it. That's today's struggle. It's just a scalability issue. Well, scalability issue is a good, good problem to have. When you're doing this, and I mean, at some point you must've thought, oh my goodness, why am I doing this? Nobody cares. It's not gaining traction. How did you keep going? Yeah, I think that's every startup founders, probably weekly, weekly gut check in, in the mirror is a lot of that. It's like, you know, does this matter? Is what we're doing, does it really matter? You should I keep going? Why am I going to keep going? For me, it gets back to the constant conversations I'm having with our customers that are using it. And when they're sharing with me what it means to them, just like I shared with you, God, that said it was like an insurance policy. You know, I hear things like that. The grandfathers tell me, hey, I'm writing my stories for my grandchildren. So that when I'm gone, they're there forever. So when I hear these things, it just inspires me. Not to mention that I'm still doing it for my six-year-old right now. I'm, I'm writing in and I haven't even, I gifted my daughter who's in college. I gifted her the stories. I'll be gifting my son here the next couple of months as he graduates high school. And then I've got a six-year-old who's got another whole 12 years to go through before I gift him his stories. And so it's, I know that there are lots of other parents and grandparents out there like me doing this process and doing the work. And they share with me often how important it is to them. So that's what keeps me going right there. And I, if I can just help a handful of people right there and it changes the trajectory of their family, it helps them and their families to be fulfilled after it's not meant to be a death or once I'm gone out. It's for me every day. Cause every day when I ride in it, I love it. Like I mentioned, I'm checking in saying, oh, wait, my six-year-old's doing this now. How old were my older kids when they were doing that? It's pretty awesome for me to go back and read and review the stories of our lives. Because honestly, I forget those things. Yeah. I don't spend my life just going back and reread because we're living life every day. But occasionally I will go back and I'll be like, you know what? Let me just kind of scroll through memory lane right here and read some of these old stories. And every time I'm left with a smile on my face. Well, it's a good way to remind yourself of where you were. Yeah and how far you've come mm -hmm. and how much your children have changed. One other thing that I always kind of tell new parents and young parents, and this is, I mean, they look at me and they shake their head when I usually say this, but every night when you put your child to bed, that child basically dies. When he wakes up, a new one is born because you're never gonna get the child you have today back. 
and you're just going to meet the one that you get in the morning. They're going to be different. They learn something every day that changes them every day. You're just making me sad, Shannon. No, but what you're saying is true. It's like every day there's something your children learn or do that's continuing to shape them into the person they are becoming, which highlights the importance of treasuring. You know, I, I'm all about helping to document some of those moments, but it, it's treasure each one of those things, right? Just appreciate them, treasure them for what they are. And, and um, show up. Yeah. Ah, yes. Show up. When my son was younger, there was a country song, Cats in the Cradle. Ugh. Yeah. 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 And I would play that for my husband saying, look, you need to show up. You need to be there. You need to get out of the garage working on whatever project you're working on. Yeah. And spend time with the kids because they grow up so fast. Yes, they do. We are so focused on the work. We're so focused on getting ahead, being productive. You know, my family work is a intergenerational value. You do the work, then you spend time together. Growing up with that kind of you know, mentality or value set, I think it's up to us as parents to reframe some of that sometimes. Like my wife and I both, we work a lot. We have multiple businesses that we run. We run them both together and separate. We do a lot of that work from the house, from the road. Our children are there with us. They're listening in on the conversations. My son, who's about to go to Auburn now, uh, he now wants to get into commercial real estate because he's listened to me for 20 years. He can have a bigger, deeper conversation at almost 18 years old than you know many 30 year olds can have about you know real estate and development and putting together deals and so it's it's neat it's neat when so, you can involve them with your passion with your work everything right there rather than draw this like line that this is me and my work and this is you and our family and i'll get to you and i can get to it yeah well if your son's already knowing that he wants to be in commercial real estate why go to university? Why take on the that burden? That's actually a damn good question. That's and a, and a super valid question. I think college, and it's not for everyone, and that's for sure. He's extremely intelligent, and so he's a good learner, a really good learner of things that he wants to learn. And so I think that's in, in college, you have a lot more flexibility to learn about the subjects and the passions that you're really interested in. And so I think college done right will help to foster, continue to foster emotional intelligence, foster relationships, a network of people as you get out there. I could also make the opposite argument on here and why you wouldn't need to do that, why you can get a lot of that from, from different ways. I've got a great argument on either side of the fence on that one. Seriously, if he would have raised his hand and said, look, I don't really want to go to college. I want to go this way. Now, his mother would have freaked out about that, but I wouldn't have at all. My grandfather, who built you know, the businesses that he built, he had an eighth grade education. You know, he left in eighth grade to go work on the farm and ended up building a very, very successful you know, steel erection construction company. And so I am a proponent of knowledge and education, and that does not have to come from any type of formal schooling. I'll exactly. Yeah. yeah. I wanted my kids to go out into the world and learn before figuring out what they wanted to do and going to university. Now, my daughter has a free ride for four years. So, nice. you know, go do that. My son, he's gifted. Like he is really smart. He just thinks about things differently and really never fit, fit in the mold of school. He just like, mom, I only want to do part time. This full time is 
you know, I want to work. So thankfully he's going and doing his paramedic certification so he can work part-time as a paramedic while he's going to school to become a doctor for the emergency room, which makes so much more sense to me. Well, he's getting hands-on real life experience. Yeah. He's going to have the experience when he graduates. He's going to have the connections from networking and being in the emergency rooms. He'll get to travel, which is a big piece of what he wants to do. Well, I can tell you that I've had at least five different careers in my lifespan of 50 years. It's not that long. And I've had five different, totally different careers. So yeah, that's okay. It's okay to think you're going to do something and then pivot and do something else. Well, no, it's totally okay. Uh, But I'm wondering if traditional universities are going to be the same value that we put on them now. Education and, and learning, knowing how to research and educate. Okay, so interesting. Got a six-year-old. He has learned so much from YouTube. He learned every single dinosaur, what time period they lived in, whether they were a carnivore, an omnivore. A, I'm like, how do you know all this stuff? And it was from watching YouTube. So no, I think there's so many different ways to learn today that it's rather fast. Like I've learned, we, we have an RV we bought recently and I've learned so much about everything I need to know of my RV from watching YouTube. So it, it's really interesting. I don't, I know there's no one way of learning Certainly not these days, as maybe there used to be more narrow lanes in the past. Now it's pretty wide open on on ways you can learn. So as long as you can kind of figure stuff out, I think the world is your oyster. Well, it is interesting. And there is a complete shift, which is going to affect jobs of the future as well. Because if you think about it, my son learned how to play the guitar from watching YouTube. We didn't have to pay a guitar teacher. We didn't pay the, the YouTubers that were teaching him how to play. Uh, before professional salespeople were the information people. You went to them to find out about a product and whether or not you wanted to buy it. And they came to you to let you know about solutions to any problems that you might be having. Well, we have that all over the internet now. There are lots of these middleman jobs. There are a lot of things that are changing. Our stories are going to change as well because of them. One of the things that I think about is the amount of stories out there, because as a brand storyteller, I'm constantly creating content. I'm constantly telling stories. However, with all those stories out there, it's hard to find the ones that pertain to you. How does your app help people kind of go through all of that story and find the piece that they're looking for? Well, in a couple ways. Number one, again, it's since it's not socially curated, it's only your voice, your story right there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the power in this. There's not uh, what I'll call the white noise that's out there from everything else. And on social feeds, it's, you know, you may be really interested in learning about one or two of your friends or family members, yet your social feed is so full of everything that um, number one, it's curated to get you lost in it so that you'll stay in in app more often. And uh, number two, you just end up in a constant scroll. So in our app, it's it's just your story, super searchable. So we've got a search functionality that can search throughout your stories to find a topic that you might have been writing about. So we've got geocode locations so you can, or you can tag different stories into a variety of things and look by tags. And then super tag thing that we've done is there are really kind of key moment. You can designate any entry as a milestone and you can just look by the major 
milestone moments in one family member's life or in, in your entire family's life? Can families come together and write stories as a family unit yeah. or is this just for one person? The model of the app, it's a freemium model app right there. So it's free to download, free to use with our kind of expanded feature set that's a paid version, which is our paid version. That's I think $69 a year, $749 a month is in the paid version. You can have multiple family members. So you could have you know spouses together, grandparents in there. We had an after school care for Kai for a while and I invited her into it mm-hmm. um, because she's spending every day with him. And I was like, hey, would you write some stories about what you guys are doing? So it was really cool. She was you know, only with us for about six months, but there's a handful of stories that she wrote about the things that they were doing. And so that's really kind of cool too. So I owned a daycare for a while. Yeah. And one of the things that I had the nanny that do was to write every day to give the parents the story of what the kid was doing that day. Of course, she didn't know how to write stories. So she just kind of, this is the toys they played with. This is the food they ate. This is the kids yeah. that they played with. Because uh, I was really looking for the, the story story. I'm a storyteller. I've always yeah. been a storyteller, even when I wasn't a storyteller. So when I started, it was like I was taking them and, and doing that. But then it became just too much because, well, you know, all she had I mean, all she had to do, God, no, she had to do a lot. She had five kids that she was taking care of during the day. That was a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, but I was the one that was going doing the grocery shopping and making sure that everything was stocked, you know, after work. There was a lot of things that I was doing that when I took it over from her, I had to do. And then, of course, the kids were a little bit older by then. And now I am taking on school kids and I had 11 kids to take care of. And all of a sudden, OK, well, that went out the door. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, those stories, when you're dropping your kid off at daycare, especially like my cousin right now, she's going back to work. Her daughter is one, is turning one. Her maternity leave is up and she's going back to work. Yes. And once again, I'm in Canada, just as a reminder to everyone. And she's having a hard time. So I've been with this child for a year. We've had this day-to-day thing. Now, I'm not saying that it's not any harder for a mother with a three-week-old. I don't know how people in America do it. I really don't. I valued that, that year with my children. You give them the kid for the day, and you just want to know what they did. You just want to not have missed anything. What you've done by putting the daycare provider in there, she was able to take a picture or something of the day to help you feel like you're part of his day. I mean, one of the things when your kids grow up and start having friends and start pulling away from you, the hardest thing is that you're not part of their day to day anymore. You're not the most important thing in their life. You don't know what's going on. Ken, I want to thank you so much for dropping by Brand Appeal today and sharing your app, the stories, and talking about how important family story is to who we are as individuals and as families. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the time and uh, just honored to be your guest. Thank you. Listener, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would ask that you would please help me out by leaving me a review or some stars on whichever podcast player you are listening to this on and share it with a friend let them know about brand appeal and how they can learn how to tell their brand story on marketappeal.com and don't forget that marketappeal.com is filled with information about how you can tell your brand story or create an appealing life career or business feel free to drop into the market appeal community to let me know how i'm doing and please anything that I can improve on, let me know. Peel out.